welcome to episode 31 of the One Life Church podcast, where we talk about things from One Life Church, but ultimately things we think can relate to you and your one and only life. My name is Sarah Inman. I'm one of your co-hosts of the podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by our lead pastor, Brett Nicholson. Hey, Sarah. It's I've made it twice in a row. I'm very, very you proud have. of myself. It's amazing. Yeah. Technically three in a row, because the last one was a pre-recorded interview. It you was, did. so that was kind of cheating, but yeah, it, yeah. Did, it did work. Which was a great interview, though. Yeah. If you haven't listened oh, to that, it? go back and listen to that. Remember, last week's listen. episode, it was really good. Isn't that yeah. terrible? I admit it, I didn't listen to it. Well, but I lived it, so. That's true. Yeah. Um, and today we're going to do something really, really exciting. So we've been talking about um, different ways of building a great city. And one of our values here at One Life say we don't want to just build a great church. We want to build a great city, both locally and globally. And one of the ways that we are partnered globally um, is through Uncharted International. It's our, one of our partner organizations, and we're partnered um, with some people who actually just went on a trip. They're all from One Life, um, who went on a trip to Myanmar. And so we are going to uh, talk to about four of them today. Not about. We're going to talk to four of them today. Um, and it's going to be really fun. So we're going to hear about their experiences, um, maybe some expectations they had or didn't have or didn't know what to expect. And so today, joining us first, um, our first two guests, we have Natalie Jaranowski, who is the executive director of One Life and also led the trip to Myanmar. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Natalie. <laughs> That's funny. And then um, we also have Lexi Will. Lexi, this was your first international trip, correct? Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. And so um, let's start with Lexi. Lexi, tell us a little bit, what were your expectations going into um, going to Myanmar? Oh, gosh. So my expectations versus reality was completely different. I thought going into this trip, um, I was going to be bringing the gospel to these people and it turns out they completely showed Jesus to me and unraveled faith to me in such amazing ways. So I don't know. It just completely flip-flopped for me. I don't know. That's awesome. And then Natalie, for anyone who doesn't know, can you explain where Myanmar is? Yeah. Myanmar is a country in Southeast Asia. Um, so it's, it's, Oh man, you're testing my geography skills here. (laughs) So let's see, it's kind of east of India. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, it's west of the United States. If you're not not watching, Natalie's staring at Brett. if you have no idea where Myanmar is, you still don't know. It's it's in Southeast Asia. So I mean, yeah. Southeast Asia, From what I understand, it's... Vietnam, Laos, uh, Cambodia, that area. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, if you've ever seen a Vietnam War movie, it does look like that train. That's that's the reference point I used is that when you're there in Myanmar, it looks like those movies complete with the... Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, And in those movies, they always look like they're really hot. Right. And that they're sweating a lot. <laughs> yes, that was totally our experience as well. Yes. Right. You guys went in yeah. the summer season, correct? Yeah, one of their hottest seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 100 degrees almost every day. There was one day where they said it's going to be much cooler today, and it got up to 96. Right. <laughs> yes. But it was a dry so heat, that was, right? Oh, it was yeah, a dry, was dry heat. heat. Yeah. yeah. No problem. So, Natalie, for you, I mean, you've been, this is your fifth time? This was my sixth time. Sixth time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, tell us what was your experience like this time and what was different about this time? Yeah, so this time we had the opportunity to go to some of our church planters' villages. Um, Uncharted has um, several children's homes that they sponsor, and then they also have some church planters that are in the country that they work with. And we got to go to two of the church planters' villages and work with some some kids and some adults there in their village. Um, And what's unique about that is in the children's homes, those kids have regular Bible study and they attend Sunday services and they're being brought up in a, a relatively Christian environment there in the children's home. But in the church planners village, most of the people that were there, some of them had never even heard the name Jesus. They were 
the villages where they're planted are 90% Buddhist or some areas 98% Buddhist. Um, so it was really a unique experience to be able to work with a people group who had never heard the gospel ever before. It was really cool. And then what was the, uh, did you get to observe the response? I mean, as you were watching that happen, did, did you get to see, uh, did you get to see feedback as far as, okay, you're seeing it presented for the first time? Did they boo? Did they, <laughs> no, yes? No, did they, no, they, they didn't boo. So I had a really cool experience. I was sitting with some of the adults because there were children there and, and most of the team was working kind of like vacation Bible school type of activities with the kids and some crafts and games. And I was sitting with some of the adults that came um, and talking to them via translator um, because they didn't speak English. Um, but it was a super cool experience because they had never even seen white people before. I was the first white woman they ever spoke to. So You're it, huh? uh, that's, that's me. The so most Our white group. women are a little taller. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it, it was, it was really neat, but they, they came because they heard that white people were going to be there and they'd never seen white people before. So that's the reason that they came, but they were asking a lot of questions about just our culture and how marriages worked and are they arranged in the United States and do you have to pay like a bride price or dowry or whatever it's called, you know, um, and, uh, through that conversation, um, the translator that's, that's one of the leaders that works with us over there, um, Mark Weaver asked a question. He's one of our elders here at One Life and he asked the question, do you, are you born Buddhist or do you choose to be a Buddhist? And that opened up a whole conversation where, um, the, the Myanmar people that we were with that were Christians were able to share the gospel with these guys who were Buddhist farmers. Um, and while I can't say for sure that they like accepted Christ, but they definitely did not reject it. They were asking questions back and forth and you could see the wheels turning in their heads. It was just a really, really cool experience to see that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I mean, could you tell the kinds of questions that were asked or was that uh, once the conversation kind of got away from you and they weren't always translating? Or? Um, well, the entire time they were speaking in Burmese. Right. Um, but they were they were asking, I mean, they were explaining, I, I don't speak Burmese, um, but I do know a few words here and there, but they were explaining that Jesus died and he rose again. And when he said that, you could see the guy look at him like he was crazy. And then he was asking some questions about it. And then he was, <laughs> the guy who was, uh, uh, the Christian guy was explaining different things and pointing it out. So it looked to me like there was a little bit of an apologetic going on there where he was like explaining where he could find answers to that. And then he was talking about the Bible. It was really, it was really cool. Uh, that's awesome. Like being able, and I know another thing that was done for you this time is you got to bring your daughter with you. I did. Yeah, what was I that did. experience like? Um, nerve wracking, <laughs> nerve wracking, you know, um, Going on, <laughs> going on an international trip, you know, it's different than taking a trip to Walmart mm -hmm. or even on vacation. You know, you're you're leaving the country, and so um, I was in the position as a leader, but then also in the position as mom at the same time. So, kind of fighting this urge to be like, "Don't leave your purse there. Zip up your backpack. What are you doing?" You know. Right. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, you know, trying to treat her like I would anyone else on the trip. So that was a little unique, but. Yeah. Super cool to see it through her eyes. We have sponsored 
a little girl over there since she was six years old, and her name is Priscilla, and she lives at Harmon, which is one of the children's homes over there. And the reason we chose Priscilla is because she's the same age as my daughter Mia, who went on the trip with me. Um, and these two girls have written letters back and forth to each other for years. Mm. And and I've gone, this was my sixth time in Myanmar. All the other times I've gone, Priscilla has asked me, when is Mia coming? And <laughs> oh, wow. every time I've gone, Mia has asked me, when do I get to go and meet Priscilla? And they've written letters back and forth and they've both been pestering me about seeing each other and meeting each other. And they got to meet for the first time, and it was just absolutely beautiful. Oh. It was it was like seeing two sisters meet each other for the first time, oh, that's wow. crazy. and they wow. were just they were inseparable. It was it was yeah. awesome. That's so. awesome. That was cool to see. Mia yeah. was so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Mia bought she brought one of those. Have you seen these best friend necklaces that magnet together and make a heart? And then you they're two separate necklaces. I haven't, but that doesn't mean. Yeah. Anything. Well, you're. I think I'm I had sure a couple of those. You're scared, dude. Every <laughs> middle school girl no knows what one. these necklaces yeah. are. So your best friend keeps half, and then you keep half. Well, Mia brought one of those necklaces, and Priscilla's now wearing half of the best friend necklace in Myanmar, oh and Mia's wow. wearing half of the necklace here. That's cool. So. That's really cool. Yeah, and one of our it, that's it, it's kind of a little illustration of uh, we haven't said this as much as we should, but one of our goals with Uncharted originally was that uh, we called it a one to one relationship with the least reached countries of the world. So it wouldn't be just kind of going and dropping off or sending money. It would be literal relationships mm-hmm. are developed with people in in these countries, and and that's just one other example of of a very uh, just that being lived out. It's very exciting. Lexi, I have to ask you so. What made you want to go to Myanmar? Oh, I've been wanting to go for a while, like just on a mission trip for a while. And then I actually told Natalie this, but I remember one day uh, Peter was in town. Mm -hmm. Peter is from Love Children's Home. He started it in Myanmar. Um, I'm I'm sure everyone's heard about him. (laughs) But he was here one day in the States and he came to our church and started talking to us about like going on a mission trip to see him and why the reasons why we should and what we would kind of experience. And Natalie uh, got up one time and spoke about it too. And I was like, I think I want to go to Myanmar. So then uh, I heard about the spring trip and I was like, I think I'm going to do it because I have the money to go now and I can do it. So yeah. Just went for it. I did. And I drug a friend along with me. Hamilton. (laughs) Now, you said you went uh, and you had one expectation, and I forget the the verbiage you used, but it was basically it... it, Bringing the gospel to uh, them. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and it kind of turned it inside out or something like that. So what do you mean by that? Kind of flesh that out a little bit. Um, You know, we hear about third world countries and how we keep hearing that they don't, it's 90% Buddhists or whatever there. So I, I had this idea in my head that they had never heard about God or anything. And, you know, all these children's like they're orphans. They might not have the background. I was born into this religion, Christianity. They might not have that privilege. Um, so I just assumed that a lot of the kids hadn't even heard about it. But then you get there. The first thing we did was go to church on Sunday with the kids at Love Children Home and all the leaders. And the way they worship, the way they pray, like they completely showed Jesus to us because mm-hmm. they are so awesome. 
I don't know. It's, oh, so you were you're just kind of watching them worship. You were standing there. Yeah, well, going, we were doing it too, but right, I was like in all, in. like <laughs> looking around, like what's going on? Because these kids, like it's ages from like three up and they're just like screaming, like praising God with their hands lifted high. It's like I go to church here sometimes and you see like, 10 people raised their hands like every single kid was it's it's true man i thought we had more than that it's i always true. sit in the front row so i never peek i don't know yeah so i'm I know. assuming there's just a hey, sea of I hands moved behind the front me row when 10. i got back from the trip i was man. like here we go <laughs> <laughs> but i was like that too before the trip you know you get so egotistical in a sense to where it's like i don't know who's watching me praising god right now i don't i don't want to let my guard down but it's like why why do we feel that way Right. That's a good question. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that, that changed in you. So yeah. you know, by the time you came back, that was one of the impacts that, yeah, that it had on for you. sure. Yeah. Good deal. That's cool. So yeah. what, what were some of the things that are oh, you going to say? Now? I was just going to say that I had that experience my first time in Myanmar too, that I think it is the <laughs> most genuine worship yes. I have ever seen in my life. Yeah. These little, everything from three-year-olds to adults mm-hmm. shouting out in worship and praise it, mm-hmm. and so authentic. It just, it just makes you weep. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Literally, I had tears in my eyes. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So, what were some of the things that you guys? Um, I know you mentioned one thing that you guys said, kind of uh, an interaction you guys got to have. But what were some of the typical day to day things? If someone's going on a trip to Myanmar, what would they be doing? Um, well, we divide. We had four teams there. There was a Bible teaching team, the silly songs team, um, arts and crafts, and the sports team. And so we'd kind of do like a vacation Bible school type of thing where we go. Uh, We did that at the church planters, and then we do that at some of the children's homes as well. And we rotate the kids through like you would with a traditional vacation Bible school. And we just do fun activities and love on the kids and hopefully teach them a little bit about the Bible while we're there. And it's really, it's just a great opportunity to be able to build relationships with them. Um, So we did that with the church planters. We did it at the children's homes. And then we take a day when we go to the Shwedagam Pagoda and we prayer walk that. Now the Shwedagam Pagoda, is the largest Buddhist temple in the world. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and I, I think there's 800,000 steps uh, leading up oh, to it. It felt like it. At least like a it, million. At what least a million, yeah. When it's 100 degrees outside and you're walking up those steps, it feels like a million. But, but it's a really cool experience because you actually get you get immersed in the culture there and you get a really good understanding of, well you get a better understanding of the Buddhist faith. And some of the leaders went along with us. And as we walked around, they were explaining to us what was going on Mm -hmm. because there were people bowing down in front of some of these statues and worshiping them. And then they pour water over the statues. It's a form of worship that they do. They leave food there. They burn Mm -hmm. incense and they have different, different statues and, Mm -hmm. and Buddhist gods that represent different days of the week. Um, so it was really informative to understand. Um, it's a part of their culture there. And, um, and then we prayer walked as we went around there as well. So, yeah. What was the team's reaction to that whenever you, did you guys debrief and you came back with their themes that um, some were um, freaked out or were some just kind of encouraged, interested? I mean, was there? I think, I think all of the above. 
really. Right. I think all of that. I mean, <clears throat> what I would pitch that to Lexi because I've been there six different times. What was what was yeah. your reaction? For me, my best friend Hamilton was on the trip, so we and we roomed together. So we would always talk about the end of the day, like what we liked and stuff. Um, but for us, we just did not like that day. <laughs> we felt really weird. Just I don't know. I feel like. At the temple, I felt like I was in a comic strip. Like, they were all worshiping, like, different statues and idols. It was confusing to me, like, and I don't know. It was weird. It kind of, we said we left the temple with, like, such an empty feeling, Hmm. whereas when we left the children's homes, we left so fulfilled and so, like, happy. So it was just completely different. But, yeah. It's a real interesting perspective, and and, uh, that was one question I wanted to ask you. Um, coming back home and you talked about that a little mm. bit like moving up to the front was something you said about church yeah. but just going back to everyday life what what's different what's something you're bringing with you what's something you're telling people about your experience um I gosh I didn't want to come home because it is hard going to a country like that and experiencing like these kids having nothing they don't have anything but they have hope in the Lord so then you come back to America and you definitely see people having hope in objects way more than the Lord. So it's just, it's frustrating seeing that like people that I work with, like don't believe in God and stuff. And it's like, how can you not? Um, so it's, I don't know. It was frustrating, but Ben, I talked to him while I was on the trip and I was like, how should I bring this, what I've learned here back to the U S and he's like, you just have to be gracious and patient with people because that's all they've known in America. Like they, they won't understand like what you're trying to tell them. And he was like, people are probably going to tune out when they ask you about your trip after you say it's amazing, they're done listening. Mm. And that's so true. (laughs) Like people have asked me like, how's your trip? And I'm like, life changing. And they're like, all right, cool. Next subject. And I'm like, no, I'm not done. (laughs) There's more. There's a reason why it was life changing. I don't know. I I completely feel changed. So if I can't change anyone else, at least I'm completely changed for the Lord. So, And when you say changed, like how would you describe what you are in your post Myanmar world as you walk through your days? What's different? Yeah, just uh, completely giving everything up to the Lord. I was holding so much back before the trip that I didn't realize. Um, Hmm. And now I just, I feel like I feel so confident in giving him everything, uh, praising him more. Hmm. I would pray like once a day, maybe. Now it's like I try and pray like three times a day. I have to get that devotional in in the morning. Like it's important. I don't know. I just, my perspective on religion has changed a lot. Like oh, God, is, yeah, God well, is so so good, yeah. and it's yeah. oh, that that is amazing. You think you'll yeah. go back? Oh yeah, I'm already planning my trip back. Oh, yeah, that? she already, she already <laughs> told me that I have to lead the next trip, and the exact same people have to yes. go again. Oh, so, is that where? Okay, yeah, yeah the December trip. Here That's I right. come. <laughs> That's right. Good. Um, and then just before we we swap out to some uh, some other guests, Natalie, I know that there's a lot of things that were in preparation for you leading up to this trip. Um, and a lot of that, you know, we got to kind of experience here as staff trying to see what was going on there. But once you finally got there, what was that like? I mean, with this group, I'm sure it's, everyone's a little different. Every group I'm sure is a little different. Every team you've been on has been a little bit different. What's, what was this experience like? 
This was a really unique group because we have a family of five, well, a family of seven, but they brought three of their kids with them. So five of them were on the trip. Wow. So that it was really cool being able to see it through their eyes and their kids' eyes. Because um, I think um, two 10-year-olds and a 13, 14-year-old, right? Yeah. Um, so that was that was really cool to be able to see how the kids, you know, a 10-year-old is going to experience it differently than a 14-year-old, differently than a 22-year-old or, or a 40-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there was, there was a variety of ages on the trip, um, and there was um, a, some married couples that were there. There were some single people that were there. Mark was there. So being, and Mark has been five times before oh, I didn't realize as that. well. Yeah, at least, yeah. yeah. So... Being able to experience it through people's eyes who had never been there before or who had been there before and then were able to take what God had done in their lives, like what you've talked about, Lexi, and then be able to help other people experience the mm -hmm. same thing. It, it was just kind of a beautiful picture for me of the kingdom of God working all together. Mm -hmm. I watched the adults on the trip pour into the kids, not just the kids that were living over in Myanmar, but the kids that were on the trip, they really kind of became the team kids. We were all looking out for them. Mm -hmm. It was almost like five years of a relationship happened hmm. within nine days. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. We're like a big family now, we right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to go back with the same yeah. people. I have Jacob's uh, garage code. I'm going to come <laughs> hang out with his family whenever I feel lonely. It's I know. Which, my kids are asking, <laughs> when can Lexi come over and hang uh, out again? So, That's right. Yeah. You could give well out liked. that code right here. That's it. It's kind of broadcast it out. Yeah. And Lexi, just uh, imagine you're, uh, you were someone, you were this way not very long ago. You've never been. Um, what would you say to someone who's like, eh, why would I do that? Yeah. Uh, gosh. So I've actually... A lot of my friends um, don't really, they believe in God, I think, but they don't act on it. So that's funny you say that because I came back, obviously, and told them everything that I learned. And th three of them have been like, oh, I kind of want to go to church with you now. <laughs> Just because, like, I've talked right. about how, like, these kids pour into Jesus so much and, like, they overflow with his presence. And it's, I don't know, I feel like they get such a positive vibe pr from it. So it makes them want to go on a trip like that to experience that first of all. But then it, it also made me happy how they're wanting to go to church with me now. Like that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know if yeah, I yeah. answered that question well, exactly. Yeah, close. I mean, it was, it was in the neighborhood. It was okay. It was just like, like, what would you say to someone who's kind of on the fence thinking, ah, should I go? Should I not? Why would you? Yeah, I feel like the biggest issue is money all the time. You right. hear that lump like $3,000 yeah. and it sounds like so much. But right. if I could do it again, I would pay the full amount hmm. 10 times again if I would because um, it's worth it every penny. Well, there you go. And so you get maybe. sponsors if you need it, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, people would people would hear that all by itself, and they would probably think, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> I may go. But, you know, even if it's hard to come up with the money, it's it's worth yeah. coming up with the money because the life impact. Definitely. Terrific. Thank you guys so much for sharing just a few of your experiences. I know you guys have a lot more, and I would suggest anyone who's listening who's a one-lifer, come find you guys and ask Absolutely. you guys some yeah. of your experiences. I know you'd love to share more than that, but we're going to bring on two more people from the trip um, and hear from their experiences as well. All right. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right. We're going to continue on with our conversation with two more people from the trip who just recently went to Myanmar. And I have Jacob Limbach and Jason McCord uh, joining us on the podcast today. Jason, mm -hmm. if you guys don't know, is our um, technical arts director and also 
um, the campus director for West Campus right now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I am yeah. glad to be here, though. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> um, and uh, Jacob, let me ask first. Was this your first international trip? Um, first international mission trip. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And that experience for you compared to, we asked Lexi kind of the same question, your expectation. Um, what was that like compared to maybe what really happened? Yeah. Um, we took, um, it was me and my wife and our three daughters. Okay. Um, so we didn't have a lot of expectations, uh, going into the trip. Um, we felt like, um, for whatever reason we, we should go. Um, our kids were very interested in it. I think more for the travel than anything. <laughs> they had never been on a plane before. Um, but, uh, we coming out of the trip, um, we were just kind of blown away, um, by the experience, by the Myanmar culture, uh, by the church leaders, uh, really the whole, our team, um, we were definitely, uh, whatever we thought we were doing <laughs> or going there to do, um, we were fulfilled mm. 10 times more. Mm -hmm. um, it was pretty amazing. And how old were your kids that went with you? Uh, 10, 11, and 14. Wow. Yeah. So like with the same thing, talking with Natalie, you know, having your kids with you compared to just being somewhere by yourself, what was that? Like, how did you manage that? Yeah, I, I think we were on guard, I think, um, initially. Um, and then almost the first day uh, when we uh, landed at, at Love, we were completely overwhelmed by 400 kids. Yeah. Um, and the way, yeah. <laughs> and the way that they, um, my, my daughters reacted to them and they reacted to us, um, kind of put us on at ease, mm -hmm. uh, for the rest of the trip. Um, and then just watching them, my daughters, um, be able to experience another culture and how they worship. I think Natalie talked earlier about how the Myanmar children and uh, just Myanmar people in general worship God um, was pretty amazing to witness. Um, definitely different than, than what we do. Um, we're a lot more, I think, reserved and maybe worried about what other people think. Um, theirs was a genuine worship that uh, uh, was very humbling uh, to experience. Um, they were very open um, and it was just really neat to see. Did you did you notice that your kids, uh, like now that you're stateside and you're back home, and I don't know, it's been a couple of weeks. I mean, has there been much retained from that, or has life gone back to normal, or have you noticed any shift in their attitudes or behaviors or any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think um, I think they cry at worship every hmm. week. Um, still, um, I do too. So, um, <laughs> do you for real? Uh, and, and yeah. you didn't before. No. Didn't before, now you no. do. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Um, okay, good. It just, I, I think by going through a trip and experiencing um, their culture, uh, it just, I guess, touches at, touches us at a different level. Right. Um, I think as a family, we're completely open to um, God's calling for our lives um, and what whatever that entails. And uh, I think we're just open and ready to be directed by him. And then our worship, uh, we really want to be open to him um, and give him the glory of, <laughs> I think, everything that we have. We have a lot um, in America, and I think the kids see that, um, 
and and we see that as well. Yeah. Jason, um, kind of same question. I mean, I know I've heard some of these stories personally, and some of um, some of the stories of things that I definitely want you to share. Um, as soon as you walked off the bus and kind of walked in, you had uh, a friend. Tell us about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I I've I kind of told that story a lot. Um, just what it was like to get to um, Love Children's Home, and that was our first experience with the kids. And I keep telling people, it was like, I don't even think my second foot hit the dust. And this little girl, Laura, had my hand. And from there on out, I, I think she adopted me. <laughs> and she just, she and she would she would tell other kids, like, I don't know what she was telling them, but I felt like she was like, go get a fan and make sure his shoes are, like, she was telling people what to do to make sure that I was taken care of. And it was just like who is this little guy? You know, like, what is she? Uh, but, but yeah, it was amazing. She was there all, um, she wasn't at love children's home every time we went there, mm -hmm. but we went to love children's home too. And she was there the second to last day. And then I saw her the last day too. So three out of the three days out of that whole week, just seeing her was, was fun. And I got to see her dance with the little group of girls that she had with her and stuff like that. It was, it's pretty amazing. Probably made it kind of hard to leave, didn't it? Oh, um, that's, that's, it's rough. Yeah, it's real rough. It's real rough. I mean, uh, I have nieces and nephews here and they call me jungle Jim Jason, <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> but over there, like it was like I had 10 or 12 kids <laughs> and they were all hanging it's, on me or holding okay, on to me. So and, they were calling you that too. In, <laughs> yeah. In, in, I think in, they in were in some way. I told yeah, people I good. felt like this huge ape just sitting <laughs> there and all these little monkeys all over the top of me and stuff and hanging off my arms and stuff. It looked a yeah. lot like that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So it's an appropriate sure name. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. A, it's amazing. So what about you on the expectations? We had kind of, uh, you had your own thoughts about what it was going to be. It was the same kind of thing. I went over you there know, expecting one thing and came back the other. Uh, we, we, we did meet a couple times before we went over there as a team. And um, we talked about, um, you know, how there's going to be a culture shock and how there's going to, you know, the, the traveling and, and some of the, you know, um, logistics of the, of the right. trip. But I didn't, I didn't do a lot of study up on, you know, Myanmar itself and, and what kind of history it's gone through and everything. But I could see myself getting on the plane. I could see myself getting off into another airport. I could see myself getting on another plane yet again. And, but then there was this white fog in front of me where I didn't know what to expect when I stepped right. off that plane. Um, and it was... Um, I just felt like I just felt like they wanted to take care of us, no matter what, no matter what was going on with with their their idea of what what was happening in their culture right at that moment. We were their focus. We they wanted to take care of us and make sure that we were we were we had everything we needed. Now so. everybody says though that uh, I can't, I went over there to give, and then they all come back and say, "Well, that's not what happened. It was like I I, I received, mm -hmm. and, and that was that was the same with you. It was the same kind of." Yeah, I went over there. <laughs> I went over there part of the um, Bible study group or Bible verse uh, to share them with them stories from the Bible. And uh, I had to share with them the Good Samaritan, which took on a new meaning for me because these kids knew exactly what a Good Samaritan was. They were doing it daily for us. I mean, by oh. <laughs> grabbing us water whenever we looked hot or fanning us when we were just sitting around, you know, talking with other kids. So they were living that out daily, and then I had, and then I taught um, Abraham and Isaac, and the sacrifice, and and it was just like these. Oh these wow, kids, for, the, for the kids, yeah. There. And it's like, man, it's they, kind of heavy subject matter. Yeah, and it. it's like, oh, 
<laughs> how do you get, you know, right. but, but they, and then, and then the very last day was really cool for me because, um, I taught on the tower of Babel and I thought it was fitting because neither <laughs> me or the kids you were knew what the other one was saying. Yeah, yeah. We were all, we were right. all walking and we could all relate to it in that degree. So, but, uh, with that, it kind of made me see in the perspective of when God came down and scattered us, you know, and changed our languages, how it made us all very much unique and different and how beautiful their culture is and how beautiful that they, the way they show love is because they, they wanted to hold your hand constantly and something as simple as holding hands here. I mean, I've heard, I've heard parents say, I just wanted to get them away from me. You know, their, their own kids like, ah, they're always hanging on me and stuff. But it's like these kids just want to hold a hand just so they know that, you know, they're there. Right. You know, and so the Bible, the Bible verses and the Bible stories that we taught took on totally new meaning for me when I was there to give it to them. You Good. know, we need to have so, you teach that at some point. Yeah, sure. I'd like to hear that lesson sure. on the Tower of Babel. I would love to. Yeah. I would love to. <laughs> it was fun. I had a great awesome. time with it. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think, Jason, um, you were talking about, you know, sometimes we treat our own kids like, you know, hey. Give us a break. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what was amazing there was, and it made me check myself. You know, I I went into the trip kind of um, wanting my kids to experience, mm-hmm. you know, everything that they could out of the trip. And instead, God really used the trip to, to tell me, hey, like, you need to refocus on me. Um, and you need mm-hmm. to refocus on where you're at. Um, and if you lead, like you should be leading, then your kids will know me. Um, mm-hmm. But those kids, I mean, we were, we play all day, 12 hours a day. It felt like 12 hours, maybe mm-hmm. not, maybe not 12 <laughs> hours, but felt like, felt like a long time. <laughs> I know by six o'clock I was ready the, for bed. The heat <laughs> makes you feel that way. Yeah. yeah. It makes But we never got like, they, they didn't fight. They didn't argue. Mm-hmm. They didn't, um, we didn't, you know, they listened. I mean, without a language, you know, it made it really simple. Like all we did was play. All we did was uh, spend time with them, quality time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, that that kind of spoke to me and changed my perspective on my own kids. And, you know, when I get home from work, do I really not have the energy to, to play with them, mm-hmm. or play with my kids? Do I really not have the energy to, to spend time with them, quality, good time? Um, so that's kind of changed in our house the last couple of weeks for sure. It's awesome. It's a really good perspective. I mean, there's a lot of teaching happening here just from you guys, from your experiences. Um, I guess I would ask too. So obviously that's one thing that's come back to your family um, and your household. What's something that maybe you've brought back and you're like, you can't wait to tell people about uh, maybe that are asking about the trip that you're excited to share with them. Um, a lot about um, what, what they said earlier. Um, you know, I think, a lot of people will ask us how the trip went mm-hmm. um, and probably tune us out um, after that. But if we can maybe uh, just share with them um, just how much has changed um, our personal lives um, and my kids' personal lives, um, that's the one thing that I, I tr- I'm trying to get across to, to everybody. If you're thinking about going on a mission trip or um, you're thinking about um, stepping outside your your comfort zone, um, you know, take that step, uh, you'll be blown away, um, by what, uh, what God is doing in other parts of the world, not just Evansville or Newburgh or Henderson, but 
in Myanmar and, and all over the world. Yeah, I've said probably too many times that uh, the thing that blows me away about going to places like that, you always have to remember CNN is or Fox, and none of the news channels are going to tell you uh, what God is doing around the world. They're not going to let you in on that. And so you, you, you think of him as not active, but when you travel around, you get blown away by, oh, wait a minute, he really is alive here, more so than I've seen in my own life. Um, I, I have a question, that, and you've kind of answered it, but I want to hit it from another angle. I'm going to kind of throw a heavier one at you guys, uh, because I don't know if you may be aware of this, you may not, but there is a debate in the Christian world, especially in the West, of whether or not people should even do mission trips like this, because why wouldn't you take the money that you use to travel and use to take the team over there to uh, and to send that to them? Wouldn't that benefit them more? And uh, there's books written about that. There's whole schools of thought. I've always personally been of the opinion that it's it's the opposite, but I'd like to hear you speak to that. What would you say? Why do you just send the money? What do you need to go for? Why do we need to send teams uh, on mission trips? Uh, what's the what's the impact? Why does it matter? Is that cheating? And did I? Mm. But since you've come back, and what would you say to somebody that said that? I, hmm. It would be, it would almost be an easy answer to say for the experience, but I think more so it's for, um, the relationship that you'll find between people who, who really truly don't have anything or, or don't have the thing, the same, uh, quality of life, I guess I would say. I mean, they still have to heavily filter their water and even then it's not as clean as it would be here in America. Things like that are um, pretty easy to throw out there. But um, to me, I feel like sometimes I feel like now, now that I've been back, I guess, I feel like God is is definitely speaking more over there and people are listening over there more than they are here in America. Because it's easy to, it, it almost seems like it's easy to uh, punch your card and go to church Sunday and then, right. you know, but when you go over there and you have, because for me being over there, I truly, I truly did come to the realization of what surrendering to God really meant. Uh, just surrendering it all, giving it all over to Him. I know Lexi kind of um, had mentioned that to her 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 experience, but I never really understood that. And I and I I grew up Catholic, and and I was in the um, United Church of Christ for a while, and then when I came to One Life. Um, I felt like it was home, but then going on this mission trip and and really seeing people interacting with God as though he's standing right there, right next to them was just, it was mind-blowing at first, but then it was almost like I completely understand yeah. that he is right here in this place. And I'm not saying he's not in church in America, but I just feel like most people, it's a good most thing. people just kind of, yeah, I know. Right? But I just feel like most people here don't, don't feel that relationship with him right. like they do over there. It seems like you both have said a lot. I think everyone has said a little bit. There's this idea of there's less distractions. I mean, there's things that you're not thinking yeah. about or you're not, yeah. um, the only thing in front of you are either these kids or the people you're teaching or the people you're connecting with. That seems to be a barrier that kind of just gets out of the way and you're able to just focus on what Brett said earlier relationship. So mm -hmm. it's cool. Mm -hmm. To go back to Brett's question. Um, do we think like if, if mission trips are, are important or we want teams to go or should they go or should we just send money over there and not experience? Yeah, Cause it's a criticized thing. I don't know if you knew that or not, but um, I don't think, um, 
if you want to experience God truly and fully, you can't rely on going to church every Sunday. Um, you have to see it in other cultures. Um, and the farther I think you go, probably the, the more uh, amazing he is. Um, but the other cultures have it. I, I mean, Myanmar was absolutely amazing, how they worshiped, how they prayed, mm-hmm. um, how they loved one another. Um, we saw the church planners, their whole lives, their one priority was to reach save lost people and to save as many people as they could by, by telling them about Jesus. That was their one priority in life. Like mine's work, food, family, you know, I have a million things to do and to think about that distract me. Their one thing was primary focus was Jesus Mm -hmm. and reaching lost people in their village. Um, that was amazing to me. Like, I don't think you can get that perspective by sending money. Um, and I don't think you can experience God by not going. There's a disconnect there. I think (laughs) when you just send the money now, yeah. And, 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 and for, but on that side, do do we bring anything to the party when we go? <laughs> I mean, because everybody, you know, what I'm saying everybody's talked about what I received. Uh, did we did we give anything? I, I'm, I'm not being a smart <laughs> like I'm just saying, no. like uh, you know, it's you and I had this great experience, and, answer, and uh, right? you know, do the uh, do the people in Myanmar get anything out of you going? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to word it, but I, I mean, it's, I I'm feel, just wondering, do we bring like anything to the do. party? I feel, I feel do like we, they... Do we need to cut Would they all be sitting around doing on. a podcast going, man, when those Americans come over, it's amazing. It's a, I well, think just, no, I think um, at least with the, the children, um, you know, by us uh, spending time with them, they got to do stuff that they normally wouldn't do. Um, they got to have treats that they normally wouldn't, wouldn't have, you know, t- and we gave them that. Um, I think with the church planners, um, we prayed over every single church planner and leader. And I think we probably encouraged them, um, and hopefully gave them, you know, some, some energy to keep going and keep fighting. Um, because right. hopefully by us being there, um, and praying over them and, and listening to their stories, they felt like what they were doing was, globally impactful uh, because it is uh, it yeah, was very neat. excellent mm-hmm. yeah i would agree yeah it's it is that global impact because um something that mark weaver who went with us uh had said early on because i think it was monday and tuesday we were already we already knew the impact was huge on on us and we were like how do we, how do we explain this to people how do we pull it out of us and put it in people and i think the the best thing he said was just tell a story whichever one that works best for you, just tell it because it'll work differently on every one you tell. And I think that's huge because when we, when we go over there and yeah, like we said, we get, we, we got a lot more, but I think showing them that we're Christians too, even though they don't get to travel over to America, we're willing to come here and share what we all know. And that's Jesus is the light of Christ, you know, light of Christ itself, you know, and that love, it, it surpasses borders. And I think yeah. that's what we kind of share with them when we go over there. But when we come back, it's almost like we can give that to so many other people, just sharing these little stories that we have with, with the people in Myanmar. Yeah, you, you do get to, you get to demonstrate there's a larger impact. I had the opportunity mm-hmm. in, in Afghanistan to, uh, the first time I was over there, I was able to, I just was able to walk up to a believer, and there, there aren't a lot of them, and, um, and really felt prompted just to tell him, listen, I traveled from all the way to the other side of the world 
just to let you know that God does see what you're doing and um, that you're that you are making an impact and and he just melted. I mean, it was, hmm. it was just so a lot of it was that and that global. When we get that, it's the global impact. God doing work around the world and and us showing that uh, as a part of the nations, uh, they need to see that as well. Even though it seems like they're closer to God and everything, that larger perspective because uh, they get discouraged just like we would and uh, and everything else. So, and I, I know you guys physically take supplies over. I mean, you have like suitcases that you're mm. only allowed to put your stuff in a certain part. So, I mean, there is an impact there. I know. Do we still do that? Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if that was, I knew that was the pattern in yeah. days gone by, but yeah. Um, so I know that's one thing, but two, what you guys have both said um, in different ways, what I keep hearing is that encouraging the church planners and encouraging the kids, letting them know that the people that are writing to them, Mia meeting, um, what was her? Priscilla. Priscilla. Um, I mean, them actually knowing that those are real people that are connecting with them. That's impact. That's a relationship. That's yeah. something that absolutely you're bringing with you when you take over there um, or when you go over there. I, I'm, I haven't been, but that's what I'm hearing. So thought right. I'd share that. Um, but uh, one thing that I'm kind of thinking as, as we close up a little bit, um, as I'm, I'm hearing a couple things, one th- question keeps popping into my mind. Um, do you feel like maybe some, some of these fears maybe you have personally in faith kind of just I don't know, not that they go away, but maybe they kind of soften a little bit when you see, as you, you said a couple times, Jacob, like that you see faith being acted out in a different country, that it's not just something that happens here, that it's happening, you know, literally on the other side of the world as well, that those fears of like, God really is in control of all these things. Yeah. And I think the biggest, you know, one of the biggest fears I think people have is to talk about their faith, um, openly. Um, and after, you know, you witness those church planners and, uh, it's not, you know, they talk about their faith every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not that, not that big a deal, right? God, God's bigger than, than your fear. Just like we talked about on Sunday. Um, you know, he's, he's there, he's got you. You're, nothing's going to happen to you. You, you live in America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like The worst that's going to happen is they might, you know, discredit you a little bit, but, um, that's, that's all right you know, cause your priorities are what's important. So, um, and you know, it's, it's prompted this trip. I think, I don't think like this trip on the way home, you know, my girls were asking, all right, you know, who can I ask to church on Easter? They would have probably never even had the guts to, to ask that before, uh, they went on the trip. So, uh, they're just, you know, hopefully a little bit, a little bit, uh, I don't know at ease to share their faith. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with everything that Jacob said. I mean, it's, yeah, it it breaks down walls definitely. And you feel uh, a lot more confidence, a lot more comfortability there to talk to other people about, about their faith. Cause you see these people that have real struggles outside of just asking someone to church. I mean, they're, they're moving in big (laughs) ways and you're like, all I got to do is ask someone to church. I can totally do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a good perspective. Keep yeah. in mind. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's uh, good. very helpful. And then just closing out, what's something you would tell someone who's kind of maybe thinking about going on a trip, not really sure if they should, what would you guys tell them? Uh, I would say if you're even, even if it's even grazing your mind here, go ahead and start and start asking the right questions to the people that are, you know, like uncharted people here at One Life, just start asking questions on how you can get on a trip. Because until you ask those questions, you're going to just keep saying, eh, maybe, eh, maybe. 
Yeah, and I would I would challenge you to whatever the reason is that you're saying no, um, put that in front of God and see what happens. Yeah, because we had we had a lot of reasons to say no to this trip. We had um, we had five people that we had to. You know, <laughs> yeah, that that's a really a, big no. That was a opportunity. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big, you know, chunk of change <laughs> to go on this trip. <laughs> Um, Just be right out there and be honest about yeah, that. Yeah. So, um, but uh, we gave it to God, and our trip was 100% funded. Um, that was that was just that's on crazy. faith. That's a, yeah, um, so amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a miracle. Like right. we literally got all of that in the matter of 60 days, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, well, that's amazing. And, yeah. So, and then it was, you know, just another reason after another reason, and he he showed up. So. Uh, put that reason, whatever it is to say no, put it in front of him and I bet he'll make it a yes. Yeah. And I, and I will, I will continue to say it. I've said many times, I believe every single, uh, Christian person should do that at least once in their life. If, if they get a cross-cultural missions in some way, it didn't have to be me and Mara, but across, there's something about it that it just does something you just can't get anywhere else. And I think it's the combination of everything from travel to teams to new culture to new food. I mean, everything, the whole experience is something that God does a special work in that you just can't get any other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why Jesus said, go to the, reach the nations. So uh, go for it if you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Sarah. Listen to your, I know. All right. I'm working on that's it. Right. Have, there's, that's right. There's things, to, there's things, yeah. Um, so we do have a trip that will be coming up in November to Belgrade. And and I know that, yeah. uh, Brett, were you on that last? Yes, I was. Yeah, I did the, the exploratory trip. Yeah. So anything that you can say about that trip? I would say, first of all, at, at, that each trip, and one of the things that Uncharted is doing is we're trying to uh, give different kinds of trips for different kinds of people, for lack of a better way of saying it. And uh, it's not like Myanmar. It, mm-hmm. it is Belgrade. It's European. Uh, it, it's a very different kind of experience, but it'll still have the same effect just in a different way. Uh, you won't see many orphans uh, praising God with all their hearts. Uh, you'll see a place that uh, is even post-Christian more than mm-hmm. some and, and educated people who doubt God and all that sort of stuff. However, I guarantee it will have the same effect for those of you who should be or can be praying over it and be thinking about it. So um, it, it definitely will open eyes. My, my son went and he was majorly impacted. He's, uh, he's one of the only 19-year-olds I know that really has a heart for Serbia. You know, <laughs> you don't find a lot of that, but he's got it and it did it to him, you know, so. That's awesome. And we'll have more information coming about that soon. It is November of this year. Be heading to Serbia. Thank you guys so much for sharing your experiences and some of just a few. I know you guys have a lot more. And again, I would tell um, people as well to find you guys out and ask some more questions about your trip and your experience and how they can um, learn more. And we would love to be connecting people with that. So you can email us here at the podcast at podcast at onelifechurch.org if you're interested in Serbia or interested in finding out more about their experiences from Myanmar. We'd love to connect you with them as well. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the One Life Church Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and subscribe. That way you'll get an alert anytime there's a new episode. If there was something that you heard that you really want other people to know, share it out on social media. You can use the hashtag OLPodcast. To ask us a question here at the podcast, you can email us at podcast at onelifechurch.org. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sarah Inman, and I produced this episode. Our music is produced by Micah Robertson and Ben Brock.